Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to stay for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. million followers. Not quite. Uh, <laughs> but I do enjoy a good Facebook Live. You do? Yeah. You like to sit back and enjoy it. I really do. You know, it's kind of like a, a fine... Steak that you might get at a beautiful steakhouse, close <laughs> to perfection. It's uh, look at this. Here comes a retweet. You ready? Oh my God! I see it. Look at this. Look at this. There it is. Look at this. Look at this. Hey, great to see you. Yeah. Hello again, everybody. It's the Design Air Heating and Cooling live from Spring Training Show. That's your, I got you a beverage over Thank there. You. There Thank you. There you go. Much. It's uh, live from Spring Training in Jupiter, Florida. The matinee edition well, of the program. I see that there are viewers. Let's see if I hit play. It'll pop up. It's got to. It's just got to. I see it on my phone working. And uh, then I'll go to the Facebook page. We just lost four viewers. We did lose four viewers. What happens when I fumble around? Uh, it is live from uh, Spring Training presented by Design Air Heating and Cooling. I believe it's functioning properly. Maybe it's not functioning properly. Not 23 me, viewers. Want me to check on my phone? Yeah, let me see if it's working on your phone. Wait a minute. You. That's me. How am I looking? And I go to this, right? Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Look, that's wonderful. Yeah, but it's it's not it's not. What do you mean it's not? Well, it's it's a little little late. There is a delay. Well, I always put a seven second. Hey, there we are. See, seven second delay just in case. Wonderful. I look my. My pasty skin is. I gotta be hard. honest. What? What do you got? Uh, you and I were we were just talking over there, and I didn't. I should have said something. Get something in your... Oh, no. Yeah. Now where do I go? No, but it's good now. And I hates this beard, and so anytime you can rip the beard, that's uh-huh. a positive thing in this house right now. I wish I could grow one. Hates the beard. Well, you got that. It's I got, not good. It's better than this. Can't get cancer. Can't can't <laughs> I started losing my hair in 95. 95. 95. I was 18 years old, losing my what hair. What about your, your pops? Lost his beard. Probably back in the 50s. So he's young, okay. Yeah, it's the same thing. But my brothers have full heads of hair. They're tall. They're Mm -hmm. pleasant people. They're nice to be around. Yeah, they're nice to be around. People like them. I'm down here in front of this. (laughs) talking like I'm sending a message from Afghanistan. But that's what I do. Can I I say something? Yeah, everything can be said. said. I'm enjoying doing Facebook Live with you. I am as well. We just get to sit here and BS and talk baseball and whatever else. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, but Uh I would really like it. Well, welcome aboard. It's kind of fun. It is we just, fun. We just kind of BS about baseball and let the people ask questions, and they're welcome to do so uh, via Periscope or via the Tim McCurney Show uh, Facebook page, which I'm opening up right now. Let's hope that one's uh, functioning as well. I guess I'll share. Mm-hmm. You're not on Facebook, are you? I am not. No, I'm not. I uh, I got on Twitter in 2013, maybe 14, something like that. And it's been a hit ever since, sir. It's let me tell you, it, it's... Uh, you know, it's the kind of thing when I get tweet, I realize that there's probably 
parents that are yelling at their children, come here, kids, get around the <laughs> table. Gather around, Ben, to set one out. We, we, got a, we got a tweet alert. You're excited about it. I'm looking forward to this, actually. Michael Porter, Jr., and Missouri, which starts up here in like an hour and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's and got that guy hashtag scoops. Yeah, it did. Um, well, Ben Fredrickson put out. He said awesome. there will be an amateur athlete shooting at this hoop, and to quote Danny Mac TV, uh, "My goodness." Yeah. So then I had to retweet, uh, reply to him, and I said, "You had me at hoop." <laughs> my goodness. Oh, that's how I woke up this morning. I my scoops. <laughs> I'm looking for you. Called college basketball. This, I did. Uh, this year for the Billikens. Yeah. Um, do you follow college basketball closely outside well, of the Billiken responsibilities? I, you know what? I, uh, I used to a lot. Now I'm not trying to get my resume, but at no, one let's point, do it. let's do it. At one point, I was doing the ACC, the Big East, the Big Twelve, and Missouri Valley Conference game of the week. It was like a, yeah, it was a lot. It was like a Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday deal. So yeah. I was always in a different place, but. When you when you did that, you got to see some of the best teams in the country. And I will admit, I was un, I'm not lying about this. I was unbelievable at my ba- my brackets. I really, mean, I was really so good. that actually transferred. Well, sure, because I, I would wow. get into like, I always feel like it's such a coin flip type stuff with those upsets. Like, no. how can you pre- really? No, I I well, you, know, you probably gave greater value to the Missouri Valley teams, which were like kind of sneakers, and then they would go on yeah. runs because you called those games. Exactly. So you'd see those kind of teams, but then I mean, I remember doing a bunch of teams that were number one in the country at the time, like Pitt or Villanova or some really good Big 12 teams. Like, you'd see KU a lot, which if you've ever been to Allen Fieldhouse, it's really, it's it's a bucket list thing. But, I mean, you'd see those guys and you'd say, okay, how is this going to translate um, if they face this? Or if a big man is a dominant big man that they have to go against? Or if their guard play is really good? So I would just start taking a look at that and then going on my experience of my notes Literally, I'd go back, like I'd be in fun brackets and stuff, and I'd go back and I'd say, all right, two, two months ago I had those guys, this is what they've done, all right, okay, boom, put them in, and I would kill it on my brackets. Really? Yeah. Now, this year, I don't think I can, because I just primarily focused on SLU. I did, I, I love watching Mizzou. I've always been a Missouri Tiger basketball fan and a Mike Kelly fan. He's one of my favorite oh, yeah. people ever, oh, yeah. so... Um, Anyway, so I follow both, and uh, yeah, so I'm more involved this year than I have been in a while. Yeah, I uh, I remember Joe Buck texted me about, I can't remember which one it was, I feel like it was the Seahawks-Broncos, and everybody was on the Broncos in the Super Bowl, and he said from watching the Seahawks, he just was super confident that the Seahawks were going to win that game, and I remember him saying that, and I go, God, really? And he goes, yeah, when you watch these things over and over again, you see things, and you talk to people, and you find out things. Yes. And I guess that does. I just feel like the NCAA tournament's like a lottery, but I guess not. Well, I, it, it still is. Yeah. I also feel that you can get too close to a situation. So, like, I think sometimes when I watch, um, kind of like, let me put it in baseball terms here. So sometimes you watch a player, and you say, I like that player, but, you know, he's okay, he's not great. I like him, but he's not great. And then all of a sudden the trade deadline hits and every other team's calling about that player. Sometimes you're too close to the situation to where your evaluation is muddied uh, through your own lens instead of, like, taking the big look at it and stepping away and going, you know what, that guy is pretty good. Yeah. I'm not watching him every day. I don't see the flaws and the little ticks of everything that this guy does wrong. I, maybe if I step back, I'm seeing some of the good things. And I, I think sometimes you can get like that, too. Yeah, like, like a good example would be last year, um, Sam Tui-Valala, okay, who will make the club out of spring training this year. He's 
out of options, and, and that's just the way it's going to be. Um, he'll be in the big leagues. So last year I, I talked to Mo, and I, I just said, well, who was the guy that you got the most calls on? And you're thinking, like, it's going to be, well, Tommy Pham. He's having a great yeah. year. Or Jed Jerko, who's got power and still has uh, a very reasonable contract. And he's like, man, we're getting all kinds of calls on Tui Valala. And he said, you know, and, and I said, we both agreed where he stayed, if he stepped back and all these other people are saying, hey, that guy's pretty good. We want him. Maybe we're not seeing what right, we should be right, seeing. Right. And I'm not saying that was the case with him, but in a general sense, I think sometimes that can happen. That is interesting to hear. And I think there's something to be said for that, that fans can be really down on the player and then yeah. the rest of the league can be high on the player. Because you watch him every pitch. I mean, you yeah. see all the flaws. Right, sometimes right, right. the flaws aren't as bad as which maybe they are. You know, and I, and I saw this, and I think it's on the TMA fan page, which, you know what, you really should create a, a, a Facebook account and, and join the TMA fan page. Oh, here it is. It's right up here. This comes from ESPN. This is perfect. It leads into it. Uh, the Cardinals, there is no obvious need here. They're talking about the rotation. Hmm. There's no obvious need here at the moment, though the Cardinals are counting heavily on a better Wainwright, and Michael is transitioning back from Japan, and it talks about the depth of the rotation, the best young rotation in the game in the near future with Martinez, Weaver, Flaherty, and Reyes. This is a perfect example yeah. of what you're talking about, because I think a lot of Cardinal fans read that and go, what in the world are they seeing? Because right now, the Cardinals' equity in the public marketplace in St. Louis is really negative with some fans, yeah. specifically, actually, I think more so than any position, with the rotation. And then you see that from a national perspective, ESPN calling it one of the best young rotations in the game in the near future. Well, I would look at it a couple of ways. Let's start with this. If we're doing this a year from now, um, all those guys that we're talking about have another year under their belts and are probably much better. And then you sit there and you, you say, was it a good thing to give player X $80 million over the next five years? And the answer would be no. In the immediate future, would it be nice to have Lynn or Arietta and kind of that fallback in a given? Yeah, but on the back end of those deals, you, you don't like them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking with Jim Cott today, and Jim is um, – still working for MLB Network, and he's a special assistant with the Twins, and we were talking about how much the game has changed. And here's a guy that we were talking about closing, well, starting a game and finishing a game. And I think with him it was something like 180 games that he completed, I mean, which is an extraordinary amount of games for anybody. But we were talking about how the fact is now um, you expect a guy to go five, six innings, and you invest your money in the back end, which is your bullpen. You know what I mean? And you're just not seeing that. That's, so. the way that. that's the way the teams are built, which is probably why Tui Valala was so attractive to teams because they viewed him as a guy who could be one of the yeah. six, seven, eight innings guys. i got to interrupt. What do you got? Uh, you never know what's going on behind the scenes. His in-laws just showed up. With, guys, guys, with young Jameson, there's my mother-in-law, and she's wearing a car. It's great shirt. to see you again. <laughs> and young Jameson is James ever. He, I think he was. I think he might be in sleep mode. I think. No, he was wide right awake. Oh, was he really? He had a little binky going. Yeah, he's, he's locked in. He's got a big tail. Just big to, get you never lunch. know what's going on behind the cameras here on live from spring training. Well, you get a little lunch, a little burp with a. Uh, <laughs> You're removed, you're removed from this a little bit. You're eight years removed from what I, I am currently experiencing. Yes, I am. And you're kind of happy about <laughs> it. You know, you're, you're kind of happy about it. I don't blame you. So, but back to that point. I mean, it, it's the older guys that people are staying away from, and this is the direction of, of baseball now. Yeah, and that's uh, what the way it has been going here over the last year, and that's why these guys are out there. 
Uh, Dan, when Christopher Mad Dog Russo says you're one of his faves on his TV show, what goes through your mind? This is one of the guys on the current day Mount Rushmore's of guys screaming at the television. That's from Ryan O'Rourke, also known as the White Collar Gangster. Uh, uh, Did yeah, you know you were on uh, the, the Russo Loves You? I, I, I've been on his Mad show. Dog. Okay, yeah. on MLB Network? Or yeah. On the XM, Series XM? Uh, I was on the MLB Network TV one. Okay. And uh, I love him personally. I think he's great. I think he's entertaining. I followed him for a long time. Um, and what really got me to, to like him is hearing the other people that I respect so much like him. For instance, Jim Cott, Tim McCarver does his show all the time. Um, Joe Torre will do his show. So it does tell me when you have those kind of guys that give him that kind of respect, obviously he's giving them respect. Mm-hmm. Um, when I hear it, it's kind of weird. So, yeah. they'll, they'll play. It's funny. Sometimes they do the, uh, okay, here's the top calls over the weekend. And, you know, and number two and Mad Dog will say, okay, I liked it, but, you know, he's got to do a little bit more of this. Uh, I'll give him this. <laughs> All right. That thing is just kind of cool that he's even he's watching. He's paying attention. Yeah. I know. Mad Dog Russo. So it's all good. Oh, God. Uh, guys, biggest day in Mizzou history. We're talking baseball. This is where, see, so, you now you're sitting no. next to me, so I can't go into a mode that I would like to go into, so I will keep it. In the PG no, no, no. Well, I want to tell this guy to go f himself. That's what I really want to oh, do. See, so that's, that's the, so I can't do that with you oh. sitting here. I can't do that with you sitting here oh. because you're watching. So it's like if somebody were to come at you with a Twitter yeah. tweet, well, why are you following me? You yeah. know, all right, well, all right, that's all where right. I'm coming from. Okay, so that's right. the thing. So over here, it's like the X-rated version, and you're the. So that's why I said I won't do this here. We did just talk about the NC-17. We were talking before we started things up. There is some good news regarding Adam Wainwright, and I saw Max Scherzer talking about he sees what Wainwright's trying to do, specifically with his breaking ball, to kind of make himself more uh, adaptable to what he now has as far as his repertoire goes. So far, two pretty good starts from Adam Wainwright. What are you uh, seeing and hearing, sir? Well, I went to, I, I called the first one, went to the second one, and uh, I thought both he was pretty good. I, I, you know, his velocity was right around 90, 91, which is fine. That, that'll play. And he's such a smart guy, uh, knowing how to approach the hitters, been around forever, which is all cliche stuff, but it's true. You know, he's not throwing 95 to 97, let's say, or 94 to 96 consistently. So what I think is you're going to see him pitch inside a little bit more, kind of stand the guy up, and then still he's still got that. He's got the big breaking ball. And if he does that, you know, Tim, I'm being honest, and I know I sound like a rights holder and happy-go-lucky, but he'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, he should be fine. And as long as his uh, body holds up and allows him to go out every time and have 88 to 91 I, I, I don't see why he wouldn't stay in the games with his guile, his smarts, and his approach to be able to, to do some things and, and to, to have success this year. The one name that five months ago people probably didn't even know who he was that continues, I feel like any time we do these, I get asked about the most, is Miles Michaels. The Cardinals kind of had him do a side session uh, to try and get things back on track a couple of days ago. The concern is there. How do you view the situation with Michaels? Well, they obviously have concern. You know, they put him on the backfield right. after two starts and said, we got to change some things up. Um, here, here's what I'll tell you. The guy's throwing 95 miles an hour, and he's got a pretty good cutter and a pretty good breaking ball. So the tools are there. Now, how those tools are used is what needs to, to come together. He's had Mike Maddox before. He's obviously had success before, which is going overseas. 
I'm really interested in his next start, which I think is tomorrow on Fox Sports Midwest. So it was weaved in. Thanks. So the world champions will be on display at 5 Central, I believe. <laughs> um, and you can tune in on your local affiliate. So he, uh, I, I think if, if he can change eye angles, which is I know what a lot of people talk about, you got to pitch up, you pitch down, you change the eye level, you go in and out. It's all true. Yeah. You know, and, and the only thing I saw in his first start that made me a little concerned is that, yeah, the velocity was there, but it was straight. He wasn't getting a lot of swings and misses. So if he can th- incorporate maybe a two-seamer, which is to get more sink on the ball and have this, then he'll be fine. How much of this do you think is what Mike Maddox has come in and tried to do, which is different than what the Cardinals have been doing, which is pitch to contact, low in the zone, and now they're trying to go four-seamer up in the zone. Is that an adjustment issue for him? Well, I, I would say... Or are we say making an excuse? I don't know. I, maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, the one thing that Maddox does, which I like, and I've talked to him a couple of times, is that he says, okay, I'm going to take Tim McKernan, and I'm going to sit down with him, and I'm going to say... What do you like to throw? What What are you most comfortable with? What's your best stuff? Okay, well, here it is, X, Y, and Z. Awesome. Okay, let's take those and try to maximize those. So he's not going to, like, just take a guy and overnight say, well, you have to do this. There, he, according to him, there is no, you know, ideal pitching philosophy for every single guy. So as we go along with Michaelis, I think what we're going to see is it's going to be trial and error. And that's what they're doing right now. And that's why I'm really interested tomorrow to see if he does incorporate more two-seamers and does he want to go up in the zone or down in the zone with a two-seamer yeah. or four-seamer up. Mm-hmm. Or do both and just mm-hmm. change eye level um, and pitch him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. If he does those kind of things, he can be fine. I mean, like I said, the stuff is there. It's just a matter of maybe getting you know to where you got to remember, you're back in the, in the big leagues. This is the elite of the elite. And guys that can hit at 500 miles. This isn't a different. This is not the league that guys are just so worried about making contact and slapping the ball. Right, right. They're gearing up to to do damage, right. and that's what the game's all about now. So you got to miss some bats, and if you don't miss bats, it'll be a long year. Let's take a look at a lot of the questions coming in here. You can send them in. We're on the Facebook Live, and we're looking at the questions for the record for those of you watching on Periscope. Uh, it's all presented by Designer Heating Cooling, the number one train dealer in the Midwest. It's hard to stop. A train and go online at designairservice.com. Let's start here. Uh, Do you agree that far too many people are viewing the Cubs as the, uh, I guess, 2016 100 win version of the Cubs? Uh, To me, that puts the Cardinals 15 plus games behind them and out of the race by late May. That's from Dave Newman. No. Uh, What I see, and we've talked about this. Is May 1st being a really important date um, for the Cardinals? And at that point, you got a better idea of Michaelis and you get Alex Reyes back. Huge, yeah. He's a game changer. You know, I go back to last year, not to get off the subject or the question, but if Alex Reyes was healthy last year, let's just say he was fully healthy for the year and he started in the rotation, or I'm sorry, in in the bullpen and would have stayed there. As, as many blown saves and gains that the club had out of their bullpen, he's probably a difference maker of at least five. Yeah. I mean, and that's maybe on the low end. If if he does that, you're in the playoffs. And then the the mindset of the fan base shifts to saying, "Hey, it was a playoff team. You got Alex Reyes coming back. He's in your rotation to to start the year. Uh, it's you know some more excitement." Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they weren't that far off last year. Wasn't a great club by any means. I'm not making excuses, but 
if you had Reyes, it would have been a lot different. And I think with Reyes coming back this year, it has a chance to be a lot different. Now, what will be his role once he comes back? Me personally, uh, I, I would like to see him in the rotation because then you can manage the schedule and, and figure out, all right, every fifth day he's going, that means his side session is this day, and the other days he's off and you don't have to deal with it, right? right? I mean, right. he's doing his side work and the things that he does to get ready. And I, you got to treat him with kid gloves, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, he's a special talent, so... If you get him going uh, by May 1st and he's able to give you 15 to 20 starts, who knows? Yeah. Different team. That's, that's a good point. And it's funny. We had Paul DeYoung on the show uh, when we were over at the award-winning picnic table, and I felt like you were trying to get us kicked out I did. a few times. Yeah. A few times. <laughs> I, I want to try her like, out. I want to out. I got, uh, I got our head of security with the Cardinals, and I pointed. Pointed. Out. Get him out. Even the cat. I like the cat, but he's got to go. He's got to go. But before we were tossed out, get him out. Paul DeYoung sat down with us, and he said, you know what? We didn't really even play that well last year. I I know it sounds weird to say that, but we didn't even play that well, and we were close. So, because I asked him, I said, the fans are kind of frustrated this offseason. And he goes, well, here's what I would say. We didn't even play that well, and we were close, and now we have these additions and we have a guy healthy who's, like you were saying, a game changer. And so there, that's that's the mindset of at least one guy who is clearly a key player. So he's got a big contract extension. When you're observing the team and you've seen, you know, 20 years of Cardinal baseball from, from where you've been calling games, can you notice the things that, that, that are fundamentally yeah. flawed, even if they're not scored as an error and therefore a big, oh, yeah. you know, you can't really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I... I Look, and so you saw it last year, and I can sense in your voice sometimes, you can't go, what the hell just happened? <laughs> right. But it's just like, and another right. yeah, gun, gun down at third or whatever. Well, the game that, to me, stood out last year, and it was like, man, you know, hey, mistakes happen, and I'm not one to dwell on it on the air. I point it out, yeah. and I move on. I'm just not going to bury guys. I don't like doing that. Never have, never yeah. will. And... But when Rosenthal did not cover the bag in New York on a day game, oh, they, they God, battled yeah. and battled and battled, and, yeah. and he had battled in that inning. Gets the ground ball to first. I, I will have to tell you, I loved that call, because now I remember it and I can picture it. <laughs> well, I wish, like, Pablo was here with a drop and we could play it. The best part was McCarver. <laughs> you gotta cover the bag! <laughs> He's just screaming. And I'm like, oh, the ground ball, there it is. It's, you gotta cover the bag! And so he's going wild. And anyway, those little things like yeah. that, you're like, that can't happen. Yeah. You know, it's big leagues. Yeah. And those mental little things, no, it can't mm-hmm. happen. I've noticed the Cardinals' middle infield, uh, to me, looks better this year. And now I, I don't know if it's a con- well, it's probably a combination of all these things. Wong is finally comfortable, and not everybody going. You know, hey, you're gonna be an all-star this year. You want to be the leadoff guy. You're gonna be better with this, that, and the other. Right. Just he's just a guy. Just mm-hmm. let him go play. The young has a contract under his belt now, um, and the addition of Okendo. And I, I, yeah. I, I think they have him playing a little bit more up the middle. Uh, and I just think that maybe there's a comfort level that when Okendo puts these guys in certain positions, there's a comfort level that this is where I need to be. Yeah, I do wonder how much value, if you were going to go the oh, same right. metrics on it, the wins on the, above a place it would be just by having a coach, Jose Okendo. Well, the Cardinals are counting on Yeah, that. they certainly are. And, of course, Willie McGee as well. What have you thought about, I know you've called a few of the games with, with him having big nights, uh, or days, the case is right now, and that's Gyro, correct, 
Munoz. Am yes. I correct on that? Yes. Uh, because now he's gone from, oh, this guy might be a guy that could get called up to a guy who, per Derek Gould anyway, could actually be in the mix for the opening day roster. Well, Mike Matheny said the other day that he's been told that he's actually a better outfielder or as athletic of some of the outfielders that are there uh, than he is an infielder, and he's a natural infielder. It's got a little pop, which we saw he hit the two home runs in one inning. The only thing that I see with this team that would preclude him from maybe being with the team initially, and I think we will see him at some point, whether it's initially or midway through, somebody gets hurt or whatever, but uh, it's such a right-handed lineup, and you got an option like Greg Garcia coming off the bench as a lefty, and, and Garcia often gets overlooked because he's not a preeminent defender, but he's a really good at bat off the bench. He'll grind through it at yeah. bat. He'll give you the – his on-base percentage as a pinch hitter in his career is something like 400 or 400-plus. 400 I mean, it's really good. And so that, I think, would keep him in the mix in that regard. So then you got to talk about what other positions would they have to sacrifice for him to, to make the club. And then it gets into business decisions with guys that have options, guys that don't. Um, and, and I just – I'm not sure that he would make the club in the onset, but he definitely has made an impression. Yeah, and it's kind of a windfall because that wasn't somebody I think they were really counting on this spring, and now here he is. What do you think? We mentioned the Young's uh, contract, and on the same day, I'm sure this wasn't the plan, but on the same day you had Tommy Pham and him, as always, being outspoken on his situation. What do you think of of that deal? Well, there's a lot of things I think about. Number one with the young, it's financial security, and I'm sure there were some of his peers, whether they're in that clubhouse or across Major League Baseball, saying, why did you sign it? Because you have a chance to make oodles more money. Uh, And then there's other guys that come up to you and they say, hey, good for you. All of them will say good for you Um, because you could walk out of this clubhouse and turn your knee and it never returns right. Right. Okay, so you, you have that side of it. From the fans' perspective, I get what they're saying. They're saying, wait a minute, Tommy Pham just put up one of the great individual seasons in Cardinals history, and uh, he's not being rewarded for it, and yet you're going to give a guy with less than a major, one-year major league service this kind of deal. Uh, now, the Cardinals did approach him about a multi-year extension, um, and Tommy, to his credit, is, is banking on himself. So I don't know the numbers, but it would tell you it probably wouldn't match what he would get in arbitration next year if he has a big year. Mm-hmm. So he's banking on himself. The one thing I would always caution any players that it can end tomorrow. It can end yeah. right now, right? And, you know, with Tommy, the only thing that you ever worry about, it's not the work ethic. It's not will he put in the work. It's not is he in shape. Uh, is he going to get a chance to play? All those things are taken care of now. It's just the eyesight, you know, making yeah. sure that every day his eyes are okay. And it's totally unique like, circumstance for any other player in the it, game. It's it is. It, it really is. And so I can see why the club would be hesitant because of his eye condition to say, well, let's give you – you know, four years at whatever that amount would be. I understand that, but I also understand his perspective in saying, wait a minute, my eyes are good right now. I'm feeling great. And yeah, I'm rolling the dice and I'm going to, I'm going to double what you're going to offer me in a two year deal and one year at arbitration. I mean, sure. I can see that. But I understand though, from the outside looking in a fan saying, wait a minute, that guy's only been there for, you know, whatever it was, four months and they're giving him this and, uh, and, and Tommy doesn't get it. But, my understanding was is that Paul approached the club and said, I want to get something done. He and his representation said, I'd like to get something done, and uh, and that's why they did it. Mm-hmm. And it's it could be a – throughout the whole thing, it, it, if he continues to put up numbers 
like he has and gets better and makes gradual progress. Um, to have a shortstop that gets you 25 home runs, I mean, you talk about a value for the club. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it, it could be substantial. But as you've seen, too, with some of the deals that haven't worked out, the team has been really good in finding ways to unload those deals. So Alan Craig's didn't work out. Yeah. They get lackey and they get off the hook for that. Love that trade. Piscotty, mm-hmm. you know, they're on the hook for 30 plus million. Not anymore. Right. He's gone and they turn him into two prospects. So they've been able to, because of cost control, which is such a, a key word that you talk about now, man. I mean, it's cost control and years of service that people talk about. It's almost more important than the money in, in some it ways. It truly and, is. And it's and become like it's a big thing for baseball, which is why the Cardinals do these deals. I was asking, I don't know who I was asking, maybe it was Claiborne when he was with me over here Tuesday. If the Cardinals do this more than other teams, and by that I mean get these young guys and lock them in. One of the greatest baseball contracts in the history of the game had to be the extension they gave Albert Pujols in 2004. Mm-hmm. And $100 million. Oh, my God, for what you got out of that. Well, people forget even further, uh, a little bit after that, but going further back to prior to Craig and all these guys and Matt Carpenter's turned out to be a very good deal. Um, remember the extensions they gave to Wainwright and Molina. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, yeah. that bought them yeah. out some time, too. Yeah. And those guys obviously put up big numbers, and they've been paid, you know, the next contract after that were big deals. Um, but you're right. I mean, the, the, the Pujols one, it, it's, you know what, you, it, it's, and I know you love to gamble, as I love to read on the scrappy utility. Well, morning, so thank you very much. I need um, a plug for that. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> so, <laughs> I haven't written it in three years, but it doesn't mean it can't come back at any moment. <laughs> I, I've gone back to the last. Let me tell you about this Rams-Browns game this Sunday. Really, the, the archives are the best. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, it's wonderful, especially if they're even working. It's a hell of a call. <laughs> so, no problem. But if you go back, it's, it's gambling. Right? I mean, yeah. it's, you're taking the gamble. And I like that. I yeah. like that. That's why I love the Craig deal. I remember the, de- the day that deal was made, and people were like, oh, my God, John Lackey, you're trading Alan Craig. But I viewed it as you're unloading a declining asset, and therefore it's good business. Yeah. Even if Lackey didn't do what he wanted to do, and he wanted to be very effective. Yeah. Probably the best starter. For $500,000. I know. That's that was the other a thing. great business deal. So I get it, but one of the issues that fans see now are the recent ones. Jaime Garcia's deal used to be like, oh my God. Well, now there have been a few of those since yeah. then. And so people go, why are the Cardinals jumping to do this? And I think the Cardinals, I could be wrong, uh, are viewing it. We just bought two years of free agency. That's what we just And did. arbitration. And and so they avoided that right. by doing this. And if the player comes to them and wants to do it, then well, think about if, if Tommy Pham was arbitration eligible going into this season. You know, he's, I mean, we're talking millions of dollars that he would have been owed. Um, and so, and instead it's 580000 this year. That's right. Yeah. Now, next year it could be $8 million. Yeah. You don't know. Might be. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping for him. And he's such a good guy and has put so much in. I mean, this is 13th year in the organization. God, that's amazing. 13 years. 13 you know, years. That began as a so shortstop. Amazing. We had Lou Gregerson on the air um, uh, for our game on Fox Sports Midwest. And uh, anyway, so we had the headset on, and I said, and remember, he was traded for Khalil Green to go to San Diego. And I said, well, how, how many guys are still here from when you were here? And he said, well, one of them uh, that I played with was Tommy Pham. And I said, he was a shortstop then, right? He goes, yeah, real good one. <laughs> I said, but is that the only guy? And I think there may have been one other guy, but, you know, I mean, that's – 
It tells you a lot. It's been around a long time. That says, hey, bring up Gregerson. He is not going to be pitching for at least a few days because of an oblique. I hate when I hear about oblique injuries. Me too. Because they can just really linger and cause problems. And the bullpen was already something, especially the back end, that people had circled going into the spring. Your thoughts on Gregerson and where things stand there. I see the cat tweaked about Leon. I always kind of wondered about where he would fit in, and now it seems like they might be looking at him as potentially an opening option. Yeah, I would I would throw John Brevia in there, too. Huh. Brevia, to me, has been as good as anybody in camp. Uh, now, when I say that, I primarily have seen him go against minor leaguers or fringe major leaguers, and he's blown them away. But I'm seeing 95 to 96 with a nasty slider, and it's like, it catches your eye. Uh, Leon pitched the other day in a game that we did, on Fox Sports Midwest. It's, it's, you wouldn't even notice no, it. But I feel like you might pause and look at the camera, and then it tips me up. Because otherwise, it's, gotta, like, it's like seamless. It's just like right in the middle. It's, it's like the Monday morning scrappy utility, man. But yeah. people don't even know about it. No. And now they're all reading it. I mean, they're like, oh, my God, you're right. That Rams-Browns game, it was magical. Hope you didn't mind that. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. So I watched him throw the other day, and his slider was really good. And so I, I was looking at him, and I and – I, had asked a couple of the people around the club. I, I said, or, or in, John Moselock was one of them. I said, are you looking at mixing and matching in the back end of games, or, or are you going to have, by the end of spring, saying player X is my closer? And he said, we're still open for business on both ends. Yeah. So now it tells me a little bit more what maybe what he knew that wasn't out to the public was that Gregerson wasn't available. Uh, and, yeah. and, and hopefully he will be available by – the end of spring, but I think right now they're just being overly cautious with all these guys, and you know some of the guys are, are older players too. Gregerson being one of them, a lot of miles on him, so just I think they're just going to be careful with him and and make sure that he's fully healthy by the time they break camp. Let's get a couple more questions in before we say farewell. Uh, let's see, how confident are you? You can ask your questions in the Facebook Live. Uh, how confident are you in Mike Matheny managing the no set role bullpen, which we were just talking about, especially when the Nationals struggled terribly with this? under Maddox in 2017 prior to making their trades? Uh, well, I've asked both of them. I, I point blank, I said, who's making the decisions on uh, who comes in? So mm-hmm. is it all Mike Maddox or is it Mike? And, and Mike Maddox told me it's a complete collaboration between the two. Now, Mike is going to – I keep saying Mike. i got to say the full name. Mm-hmm. So Mike Maddox is going to have a huge input and say – Hey, McKernan's hot. He's ready to go. Let's do it. You know, and Mike Matheny, it's up to him if he wants to do it. But I think Mike Maddox is going to have more of a say on, as in years past, as opposed to Derek Lilliquist, over what is going to happen in the back end of games. Mm-hmm. Now, again, it's it's. I think we'll know more when we do this next week and then the week after that. Um, am I still going to be doing? I think so. I think okay. you're still here. Good. I know I am. <laughs> so at that point, you watch how he manages. I'm telling you, the last seven to ten days when you watch, especially with teams that, that don't have those set positions, and the Cardinals right now, the back end of their bullpen, it, it, it isn't set, but you, when you watch the last seven, ten days, you'll start to see a pattern. Mm-hmm. You'll start to see, okay, yeah. this guy's your seventh, yeah. this guy might be multi-innings, this guy's eighth, this guy's your lefty specialist, this guy's your ninth. And that's how it's going to start, but th- again, the bullpens, man, are, are just crazy. When you go back and look at years, I mean of any team, how they change and the players yeah, they pick up. You're right. You it's always rotate. decided like Brian Augustine. Brian Augustine. Augustine. And he was with the 2011 World Champions, yes. I think. He was. And there was a lefty, uh, 
Maybe somebody can help us. He was a big, tall lefty. He was a lefty in 2011 with uh, the Cardinals. It was Augustine and I want to say Telford, but it's not Telford. We'll give away a prize in the uh, Facebook, the live chat, if somebody wants to guess it or just go to Baseball Reference and look it up. Yeah. I'm usually pretty good on these things, but yeah, he was I in the picture. Him. Those are the two but guys. But Sidney Ponson was on the 2006 World Champion yeah. Cardinals. In the rotation. Yeah. The team that won the yeah. series, Sidney Ponson. He and then was he gone got, by like June. He got lit up and he was back to uh, Aruba. He was back to Aruba. That's correct. That's not a bad deal. <laughs> That's not a bad place to go if you're going to get lit up. Uh, all right. I want to make sure that I point out the designer heating and cooling, who you see here on our wonderful backdrop, is the sponsor of our live from spring training broadcast. Uh, Derek Gould, usually on Tuesday this week, it was Mike Claiborne, Dan McLaughlin on Thursdays, and we sit here and we talk it over regarding things. Uh, not just usually with the Cardinals, but also around the world of St. Louis sports and sports in general. Uh, designerservice.com is their website. They are online at designerservice.com. They are the number one train dealer in the Midwest. It's hard to stop a train. So when you need a new air conditioning or you need to get your air conditioning service, please go to designerservice.com. Design air, heating and cooling. The guest is Trevor Miller. Nope. I think Trevor Miller was before that time. Mm-hmm. The guest is Trevor Miller. Nope. It's another one. Brian Hallett. Jason it. Butler has just won a prize. That's it. Brian Hallett. That's right. Well, Zipchinski didn't come. Yeah, you were in the ballpark, but yeah. I'm like, it didn't click. And then Zipchinski came along in the Colby Rasmus deal yes. in July. So that is uh, what wound up happening there. Anything that you're looking for here over the next few days? Certainly the Michaelis start is one that, that's, number that, one. that's a number one. Because right. that really could determine things. Arietta and Leonard are still out there. I don't know. I mean, you don't, you don't even hear about Holland. He's still out there. Yeah. I talked to Lynn uh, the other day. Oh, yeah? Things well, did you see him or did you just were texting him? Uh, texting. Yeah. And uh, he said things are still very quiet for him. Uh, he's in shape. And I have talked to people that have uh, been out with him to dinner, and they said he's in really good shape. Um, and then I visited with him. He was actually working out with some of the guys that had not been signed. Uh, he did not go down to the IMG Academy, I don't think, which is where a lot of the... Bradenton deal? Yeah, a lot of the free agents went, but he's been working out... Uh, here locally, in good shape and ready to go. And you know what? It's a matter of time before he, along with Arietta and probably a handful of others, get signed. And, and it could be that some guys that were signed come back and they're not the player that that team thought. Right. And then injuries. Right. It happens. Yeah. Um, I would think, man, as, as I look at a couple of teams, I would think that Boston and Minnesota. Minnesota's not going to be a bad team. They're going to be pretty good. They've been aggressive this offseason. They have, and I would think that those guys would be perfect fits for them. It scares me to think about what Milwaukee could do. Yeah, the rotation, I love their team. I think the rotation could use an uptick in any of the, hey, if you had any of these guys, they're going to help. Yeah. Um, but back to Lynn, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah, people keep saying that they think that one of them will wind up with the Nationals. Uh, I mean, that team is loaded. Yeah, and then to add another one, yes, that would be... I mean, they're, they're rotating. But I guess the logic is, okay, if we don't keep Bryce Harper, then let's move the chips in the middle, even though they already have a, a hell of a rotation as it is. They're going to be rattled off that rotation because you're about to... So you well, know, yeah, like so you'd have uh, Scherzer, Strasburg, Gio Gonzalez, Tanner Roark, and then, you know, and Tanner Roark looked really good. Yeah, yeah. I may be missing someone, but those are the four I'm thinking of. And then you add like a Lynn or an Arietta. I mean, that's really good. They also have a kid named Robles, who's their he's a uh, their number one prospect, who's an outfielder. He truly is a five tool player. So yeah, I mean Harper's once in a generational type player. So even if they don't re-sign him, 
they're still going to be very good for many years yeah. to come. The core yeah. of that team outside of Harper is coming back. I mean, Trey Turner, yeah. Adam Eaton. I mean, they got some really good players. That's so, very good team. you know, yeah, I, I, I think they lose Gonzalez and, uh, potentially and Harper after this year. Right. And so perhaps they will want to go uh, all in and solidify it. I would. The I mean, is already damn good. Uh, as it stands. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for coming by the home office here. I apologize. Jameson, Jameson's just a he's a problem, let's be honest about it. Let's, let's, just, right. let's just throw it on the table. <laughs> let's just throw it on the table. Next next week we'll put him here and we'll hold him accountable right here. I, I haven't seen him uh, take a poop around here. So <laughs> well, that's no, no, I think we're in a good spot there. Good. But maybe he'll do that for the next he's week. He's been walking time. around. Uh, <laughs> At six months old, he walks, he talks. He'll be our next guest. He had a uh, cigarette hanging out. Of <laughs> what are you doing here? I know, there's poor parenting. <laughs> Live from Spring Training by presented by Designer Heating and Cooling for Dan McLaughlin. I'm Tim McCartney. As always, thank you for watching our fun and games here on Facebook Live.